1: So because he's emphasized this four times in the chapter, we've got to ask ourselves the question, what does God mean? What does God mean when he keeps saying Esau is Edom? Maybe we've got to say, what is God trying to say to us by continually telling us Esau is Edom? What is the point? What is meant by saying Esau is Edom? Okay, so in order to know that and find that out, we got to go back to where did that name come from, Edom? Because Edom... By the way, Edom is from the same root as Adam, uh, so Adam. So Edom and Adam are from the same root, and they mean red. It means red. So in the case of Adam, his name was given to him because he was formed out of the red dust of the earth, Guess there was a lot of iron, place where God used the dust of the soil of the earth. So the name of Adam, he was only named that so that he would always remember God formed him from the earth. The hands of God formed Adam from the death, dust of the earth, the red dust of the earth. So he got that, so he got that name. So he, So Adam owed by his name, he was to remember, I owe my existence to God. I owe my life to God. I owe everything I have, my provisions to live, everything I have, I owe it to God because my name is Adam and Adam means red. And that goes back to the time when God took the dust of the earth and formed me. That's a good name. Adam's a good name because it leads a person, if you really carry through with the name of Adam, it leads you to trust God. It leads you to trust God who made me and who sustains me. Good. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Adam. Okay. We received our physical life from God, like Adam, and from nothing but the dust of the earth as God formed formed the dust into a man. Okay. We received our spiritual life from God when he breathed into us the breath of life. So again, all from God. So Adam brings back the thought from God. Now, even though Adam and Edom have the same root in meaning red, they don't have the same reason for the meaning, Adam and Edom. Edom's name comes from an incident in Esau's life, that defined his life. It's the most important incident that happened in Esau's life. You remember what it was? Esau, remember? He sold his birthright, consciously, all right? There was no hairy arms, there was no I'm Esau. On Jacob's part, it was a conscious decision. And that was way back in Genesis 25. What happened there is very important. It says there that Jacob saw potash, he was cooking a stew. At home, and Esau came from the field and he was faint. In Genesis 25:30, it says, Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, the same red stew, that red lentil stew, for I am faint. Therefore, his name was called Edom. See, red lentil soup, stew, Edom, red. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear me this day. And he sware unto him and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now, this incident was was when Esau came from the field, as we said here, he's famished, he's, he's ravenous, and he's so hungry that he made the satisfaction of his hunger his number one priority in life. Esau's personal satisfaction became the focus of his life, and that was when Esau said to Jacob, he said to Jacob, feed me, feed me. That's Esau's focus in his life. It's all about the feed me focus. And Esau just became fixated on that red lentil stew that Jacob was making in the kitchen there. And if you notice there, in that part there, pottage, the word pottage in Genesis 25 is in italics, which means it's not in the original. So Esau, what he really said was something like this. In Genesis 25, 30, Genesis 25, 30, Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red for I am faint, therefore his name was called Edom, red. And so Esau just says, feed me with that red, because the stew was red in the Hebrew, which used the red, adom, adom, adom. It was red, he said adom, and therefore he's called adom. See, that's how he gets his name. So we saw how much Esau was willing to sacrifice for that red lentil stew there when Jacob offered to sell the stew to him for his birthright. Yeah, verse 31, Jacob said, tell me this day, thy birthright. So the question that Jacob presented to Esau was this. Are you willing to sacrifice your spiritual position or your standing with God in order to satisfy your present personal need? And what Esau said was so revealing when he said in, in chapter 25, verse 32, Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And with that statement, Esau said that he saw no value in his birthright. And so he sold it to Jacob for a bowl of stew, red stew. And because he did that, he gets the name Red or Edom. And the commentary on that whole incident on that day was the last statement in verse 34, Genesis 25:34, when it says, Jacob gave Esau bread and pot of gelenos. He did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. And thus, Esau despised his birthright. Now, he sinned. Do you and I sin? Yes, we sin. The worst part about Esau was not that he sold his birthright, but it's the other statement in the verse when it says, and Jacob gave Esau bread and pot of and he, he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. That's the tragic part. There's two really important parts to that verse. And it's after the words, he did eat and drink. He did eat and drink. And and then, and then the other part is Esau despises his birthright. When it says he did eat and drink, there's like a silent pause. It's like a wait. Okay, he did eat and drink. Okay, he did that. That was a sin. But it was a, like a pause. And it's a pause really to see, well, what's he gonna do? Well, what's Esau gonna do? I mean, after he sinned, the question is, Well, what would he do? What did he do after he sinned? And that's why there's this, that's why I say this, like you can kind of see a silent pause in that verse of after he did eat and drink and the suspense over the question, will Esau repent? But after the words that he did eat and drink, it's like God said, okay, let's see what Esau is gonna do next. Let's see if Esau repents. And what does God see? God saw the tragedy of what it says next in that verse. He rose up and went his way. He rose up and went his way. God saw no repentance in Esau because Esau saw nothing wrong with what he did. Esau saw nothing wrong with what he did. He didn't repent. And at the end of that verse, when it says, thus Esau despised his birthright, the tragedy, the most tragic point of that verse is the punctuation at the end. It's a period. That's a tragic period because nothing is said about Esau repenting over what he did. It's just like God put the period there at the end of the verse when God saw that Esau was not bothered by his sin. See, Esau was not bothered by his sin and he didn't repent. Then God wrote the final conclusion and put the period after it. Thus, Esau despised his birthright, period final conclusion. That's terrible. That's terrible. Unfortunately, sometimes we sin. But when we do, we can't live with ourselves. We feel horrible. And so we turn around and we said, we got to get this right. So we confess our sins to God and we make right whatever we got to do to make it right. That's not the case with Esau. Esau's refusal to repent is captured when it says he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. And we could put in there, unbothered. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Esau did not feel badly about what he did. Esau was just like the adulterous woman described in Proverbs 30, verse 20. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth, and saith, I've done no wickedness. Not wrong, I didn't do anything wrong. I've done no wickedness. She commits adultery, Then she sits down for a meal. She's fine. She doesn't feel sick to her stomach at all. She says, that was a good meal. She doesn't feel sick in her stomach, in her gut for what she's done. She's committed adultery. And she sits down for a nice meal and then wipes her mouth and says, there's nothing wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. That's the picture that we have here of Esau. He sold his birthright, his standing before God for that red stew. He ate it. He ate the stew, he drank it, and then wiped his mouth and said, I've done nothing wrong. And when it says he went his way, it means he wasn't bothered about that at all. This is what characterizes Esau. Esau, he sinned and he didn't feel bad about it. It didn't bother him. It's just like it didn't bother Cain that he had murdered his brother Abel. The only thing Cain was bothered about was was the, the consequences for it. And and when he got those reduced by God, that was fine then. It says that Cain just went out, like not bothered by the fact that he had murdered his brother Abel. As it says in Genesis 4, 16, Genesis 4, 16, and Cain went out, just like Esau went out. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Why? Because Cain was not bothered by his sin. The adulterous woman was not bothered by her sin. Esau and Edom, now we're going to say Edom. Edom, because that's when he got his name, was not bothered by his sin. Now, if we say that we not sinned, what do we make God? A liar. In First 1 John 1.10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. But we're bothered by our sin. Therefore, we do what it says in the verse before that, in First John nine, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, number one, and to cleanse us, number two, from all unrighteousness. Now, why do we repent and confess our sins to get this forgiveness and cleansing? Because we're bothered by it. We're bothered by our sin. Did King David sin? or well, did he ever? You know, he raped a wife and murdered her husband. Apart from that, he never sinned. <laughs> did, did David's sin bother him? Oh, listen to how much it bothered him. In Psalm 32.3, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. That's a description of being bothered. In Psalm 51, which was the psalm that he wrote after Nathan the prophet came to him and challenged him about what he did to Bathsheba and to Uriah. And he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy multitude, thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. And then in verse nine, Psalm 51, verse nine. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. And then verse 14. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. That's guilty of blood. So David says, my sin is ever before me. That means he's bothered by his sin to the point where he confessed and repented. David murdered, but David was not a murderer because he confessed and repented and God forgave him and cleansed David. David raped and committed adultery, but David was not a rapist and an adulterer because David confessed and repented and God forgave and cleansed David. Christians sin, but Christians are bothered by their sin and that drives Christians to confess and repent Uh, and God forgives and cleanses Christians. See, it's all about whether or not a person is bothered by their sin to the point where they're going to confess and repent to get rid of it, to get the forgiveness and the cleansing. You know, that reminds me of a, a customer we had in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I never even heard of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I mean, have you ever heard of Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Okay, some of you have. All right, so we got this customer in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. had a large dialysis clinic there. And he sent all his patients to us to be tested by our lab. That was a half a million dollar per year business. That was a $500,000 per year business. That was a good business. And that customer came to us. So what did we do? The customer and his wife, my wife and I, our salesperson and our sales manager, we all went out for dinner at the Marine Room you know, built on the sand of the beach in La Jolla. And we had a table right next to the window and it was sunset and it was just perfect. I mean, the waves were crashing outside. The seagulls were feeding. Oh, it was a perfect evening. It was just beautiful. And so I told the doctor that I was Jewish and had become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't really think he was Jewish. I mean, he's from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, you know. It's not like Brooklyn, New York. You know, and so and I was so surprised when the doctor told me that he was Jewish, and that was a tense silence at the table, as I was wondering, how could a Jewish doctor be in Hattiesburg? All right. Anyway, and no one said a word in the tension. And so my wife decides to break the tension. And so Cheryl turns to his wife and asked, Are you Jewish also? You know, and the doctor speaks for her. She doesn't speak, he speaks, and he says, She was not born Jewish, but she converted to Judaism. And then there was more silent tension in the room there. And then nobody said a word. Again, Cheryl speaks. And she turns to the wife and she says, didn't it bother you to turn your back on the Lord Jesus Christ? (laughs) And first time she speaks and she says, yeah, kind of. That was the best $500,000 per year customer that we ever sacrificed. (laughs) Because Cheryl raised the question that bothered her and hopefully bothered her to return to the Lord Jesus Christ. See, this is the point about Esau. He was not bothered by his sin. And that's why he's named Edom, Edom, a red, because of the sin of selling a spiritual birthright for a bowl of red stew. Genesis 25, 34. He did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way, and was not bothered by it. That's how he gets his name, Edom. So he never got another name other than Edom, which referred to his sin. Edom, Esau got the name Edom, and he never got a new name because he repented, because he didn't repent. Now, by contrast, Jacob got a new name because he repented. As we saw in Genesis 35 10 here, the the previous chapter, he says, God said unto him, thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel, new name, shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. See, Jacob and Esau, they're both twins from the same womb, but Jacob gets this name after he repents called Israel. Jacob is Israel. And what happened to Jacob for him to get that new name of Israel? Well, then we go back, as we saw, to Genesis 32, 26, Genesis 30 26, when he makes this famous plea to God, I, he said, I let me go. God says, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, Jacob says, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what's thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called. No more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. It was because Jacob laid hold on God and said that he would not let God go unless he blessed him, even though his hip was out of joint, Jacob's hips. See, so Jacob was saying that he was a sinner, and he would not let God go unless he blessed him with forgiveness and cleansing. And then his name gets changed to Israel. Now, this is what a person does when he becomes a Christian. He's so bothered by his sin That he says to the Lord Jesus, I will not let you go unless you bless me with forgiveness and cleansing from my sin. Then his name is changed to Christian. Esau is Edom. He never got a better name because he didn't repent. As the Lord Jesus said in Luke 13, 5, I tell you, nay, nay, but except you repent, you shall likewise perish. So this is one of the main points about Edom, about Esau, about Edom. And that is when we look at Edom, We gotta realize God is emphasizing to us uh, these four times in this chapter that Esau is Edom. Edom is the person who sins and is not bothered by it and so doesn't confess and repent. So when it says in verse one, these are the generations of Esau who is Edom, it's equivalent to saying these are the generations of the person who sinned and it didn't bother him and so he didn't confess and repent. Now that's one of the main points about Esau who was named Edom here for the red lentil stew, he saw, he saw no value in his spiritual position. The other point seen in Esau in the red lentil stew history was the fact that at the time, Esau was really hungry. He was, he was faint. He was hungry to the point of being faint. Now, we can't read that without thinking about another history of a person who was really hungry to the point of, of, of being faint. Now who was that? That's Jesus, right? The Lord Jesus, He's the anti-Esau. And so we find the opposite history when the same hunger came to him in Matthew 4 1 and Matthew 4 1. Then was then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward a hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered, and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, I'm sure that both the Lord Jesus Christ and the devil had in mind this history of Esau when the Lord was hungry to the point of starvation after having not eaten for 40 days. But in that history, the devil made to the Lord, the offer to the Lord, that was the same offer made to Esau. Just forget about God. Just just, just, Just serve yourself. Use your power, turn the stones into bread, which if Esau would have had that power, he would have done it in an instant, but not so with the Lord. He, he waited on God to feed him, and when he, when he said there's something that's, that, that's more important than satisfying my own hunger, and that's to wait on God and for every word that proceeds out of his mouth. So both the Lord and Esau, they had the same hunger, same hunger, they, the Lord had more hunger, but they had the same need, and, and, we, and we all have the same needs, we all have the same needs, you know, the devil wants us to think, oh, you're alone. You're alone. And, and what you're going through is a really special problem. No one's ever gone through that before. Therefore, no one can understand what, what you're being faced with. And that's not true. The reality is First Corinthians ten thirteen, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. See, our problems are not unique to us. They're common to man. But what got to Esau to yield was this one word, and Jacob kept driving this word. In Genesis 25, 31, Jacob said to no, him, sell me this day thy birthright. Genesis 25, 33, and Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold him his birthright. And then in verse 32 of chapter 25, Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me?
0: Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible Scripture References section, Bible Reference Help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org.